0: Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Uddleston. And today we are very excited to be talking to you about the 1996 action adventure Christmas picture, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Hello girls. Caitlin, come help me in the kitchen. Hurry up because I forget where it is. That's her mom. She's got amnesia. (laughs) <laughs> what if you couldn't remember your real name your first kiss or your last goodbye i don't remember
1: honey you have a, an eta on that cure stow it and then suddenly i used to do this i'm a chef Yahoo! without warning
0: give me something else Sour. <clears throat> ah! all your memories
1: His name's charlie i'm coming
0: back Came flooding back to you. In Charlie. Long time. One bullet at a time. I got movement on Samantha Kane. You could. I may have a lead on someone. May still have some of her stuff. <gasps> This man, he's
1: gonna help me find some things out, so we'll be safe.
0: Your full name is Charlene Elizabeth Baltimore. This could be trouble.
1: My name is Samantha King. No, 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 forget all that.
0: I'm in the G T A. Then quit! You're an assassin working for the United States government. We have 24 hours. We find her, and we kill her. Mm. Run for your life! <laughs> Baltimore's alive, sir.
1: Who are you? Name's Charlie. The spy. Back when we first met, you were all like, oh, boy, I burned the darn muffins. Now, you go into a
0: bar, ten minutes later, sailors come running out. What up with that? This fall... Honk, if there's any trouble. Yeah, Miss Daisy, I be honking. If you have plans for a calm, quiet evening...
1: Cover your ears. Hey, should we get a dog?
0: It's time to kiss them all. Good night. I love you. <laughs> Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson, The Long Kiss. Good night. Directed by Rennie Harlan.
1: Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do. This comes from Rotten Tomatoes. As you said, it is a 1996 film. It was directed by Rennie Harlan and it stars Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson, Craig Bierko, Brian Cox, David Morse, some other people. And their synopsis says school teacher and single mother Samantha Kane. Lives an average suburban life until she, experiences, until she begins having strange memories of unexplained violence and discovers that she has physical skills that she never imagined. Hiring uh, private detective Mitch Hennessy to probe into her past, Samantha discovers that she was a well-trained government assassin who went missing after suffering a bout of amnesia and that her former handlers want her back. All right, so we both had seen this. What was your, I think you said you had watched this before. What What were your thoughts this time around?
0: I had seen it before, but it had been a while. Um, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. It is, um, it's baloney. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. mid-90s action movie. Um Rennie Harlan did Die Hard 2. So great big set pieces, things blowing up, people flying through the air, um totally implausible plot twists and, and plot devices. Um But I thought Gina Davis was terrific. I thought that um all of the cast handled the kind of you know, the, the script has a bunch of dialogue that is sort of at the time was sort of neo-noir edgy wisecracking stuff that I might normally associate with mid eighties, uh, content, but, and sometimes I can really sound leaden, but I think that the director and the cast really handled it, uh, nimbly and ably, um, there were a couple of things that leapt out to me, like near the end, near the as we come into Act 3 and we're approaching the climax of the film, there is... We spoil these movies, by the way, so uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, well, then don't listen. But <laughs> there's a truck that's going to explode, and it, it's been established that the timer is set. It's counting down. It's less than 30 minutes. It's going to blow up at midnight, somebody says at one point. So it's going through this into the middle of this small town is the intention where the terrorists are going to blow it up. There's a Christmas parade going on at night, right? <laughs> Families, floats, children. Children. Like you'd see at three o'clock on I didn't really think Thanksgiving,
1: about that, but that was sort of odd because <laughs> at nighttime.
0: And, 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 and you're like, well, maybe you know, it's maybe it's five p.m. No, he said the palm goes off at midnight, so it's mm-hmm. eleven forty-five at night, and the whole town is out to do this big festive Christmas parade. You know, but it, this is exactly the kind of thing in this movie you are just like oh, you you you're thinking about it too much. Don't worry about it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the the why during a parade because that maximizes the emotional impact of a bomb going off in them, right? So, the movie's just full of full of these little um moments where if you if you think about it at all, you start to say, "Well, that's absurd." Yeah, the whole movie's absurd. Um but I thought it was incredibly entertaining. It's not a thinker. It's not designed to be a thinker. It's a real uh showcase for uh Gina Davis, who is absolutely stunning. I mean she is just so beautiful mm-hmm. and Brian Cox doesn't have enough to do on screen for me. He has a juicy little part brian Cox the people who watch Succession might be familiar with him he's the, the
1: and it's funny i I don't mean to interrupt you, but it almost looked like he looks like exactly the same age. Exactly like same, he's yeah. one of those guys that just seems like he was just probably born like a fifty-year-old man. You yeah, know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Looked fifty at thirty and looked fifty mm-hmm. at eighty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah. I mean that that was my that was my hot take on it. What about what do you think? What did you?
1: Yeah. Think? So um, I had not seen this since video in 96 or 97 or something like that. So sort of like the, the character of Gina Davis's character, I had amnesia about this. I remembered other than that. She was a former spy. That was the only thing that I, I didn't even remember that Samuel L. Jackson was in it. I think, but oh, um, really <laughs> it was written by, so you talked about the dialogue. It was written by Shane black who wrote uh, all of the lethal weapon movies. I think mm-hmm. he wrote the last boy scout mm-hmm um and then he went on to be uh, he wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and I think directed it and then he went on to be a director he directed uh The Nice Guys and he directed Iron Man 3 um and one of his tropes is almost all of his movies take place at christmas time hmm. so that's you know that's one of the that's one of his tropes but um yeah i totally agree i thought this was really great um as you said, Gina Davis. So I was right before we got on, I was looking at the box office and it, it did about a hundred million worldwide, but it cost 65 million. Mm. So, you know, it wasn't really a hit. Um, And uh, this came 10 months after uh, Cutthroat Island, which was a giant flop. So they, what I was reading, they said maybe, you know, that kind of, and the same director, Rennie Harlan and the same, you know, the same star. So that maybe kind of tarnished this a little bit, but it, I, you know, if it were today, I could see this being kind of like a, uh, Liam Neeson thing where she's somebody who wasn't really known for action going on to be an action, you know, cause she's action star cause I thought she was great. This was early in, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's career. This was probably yeah. like a year or two after *A Time to Kill*, which I think you know kind of made him a star. But you know, I I really like Samuel L. Jackson, but he's you know become a little bit of almost a caricature of himself. You know, he just shows up in things and does this thing or whatever. But he's really acting in this movie. I really liked his character, you know, and he 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 did a great job. I think, and as you said. It's, it's you know, you have over-the-top action and over-top plotline, but you haven't gotten into, it's the pre-computer days. So these are all, some of it, there's some green screen stuff, but a lot of it, it's real people doing real physical stunts. You yeah know, Which, even though it's unbelievable and over-the-top, it's still not somebody, you know, with a computer-generated background or whatever you know well i i know they they just blow up a bridge
0: i mean that's what struck me is when i went back and i looked at the budget i mean setting aside what it made for a moment you said 68 million yeah like 65 i think they said 65 million was more money in 1996 than it actually is now but they i mean they blew up a bridge and they i mean there was a lot of great big good old-fashioned action set pieces, people on wires and wire work yeah. and lots of different locations. And uh, I, you sent me a meme, I think. It was you sent me a meme uh, about Indiana Jones, and it was sort of comparing this most recent one with the original one and the budget on each of those films, right? Mm-hmm. And the, how how incredibly expensive this most recent one, which I haven't seen, by the way. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, me neither. It's, um you know, compared to the original, which is the sort of gold standard for that franchise, and yeah. the 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 original one had a relatively modest budget. I mean, it was yeah. an expensive action movie um with a period piece and, and big set pieces and stuff like that, but um a certain certainly very modest feeling when you even when you account for inflation, you think, Man, that was a great movie that was a fantastic movie and what how were they able to make it on on a relatively modest budget then where now like what's different what do you you're, you have to be spending almost 10 times i have no idea where that i don't know if it's 10 times. other that's than harrison ford's i'm gonna look it up right
1: salary now. has gone up
0: well that's other true.
1: Than, even if but even if they paid him 50 million dollars the other 250 million where did it go you know
0: right uh, i'm just looking it up um
1: talk about something else. <laughs> sure, yeah. So um another thing and I you know, I, I don't like doing the old man thing all the time, but I I see people on I read a lot of I guess I would call it movie Twitter. I follow a lot of movie people on Twitter and people talk so much about how you go back and watch these just kind of normal 90s movies and how good they look compared to and I don't know what it is if it's just the digital cameras that they're using, but you go back and watch these just regular movies from the nineties and they look so great, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, It doesn't say I can't find an instant thing here, but you're right. You know, it's not, you can't compare it Apple to Apple because this is the fifth installment and how many it's 30 years later. And my math is that bad. Uh, You know, so there's there's a lot of other factors and Phoebe Waller-Bridge is also not a no-name anybody she's yeah. a name actor now and i think
1: well know. and with the not just the budgets but with the action stuff you know you have the new mission impossible movie out and i wouldn't i think i've seen all of those yeah but if you held a gun to my head and said you know what happens in mission impossible 2 versus mission impossible 4 i couldn't tell you i don't you know they're fine they're you know i don't have anything against them but the one thing about it that people keep bringing up is how much you know tom cruise is a crazy person and he's doing all as much of the stunts as they'll let him do and Again, I think that stuff really makes a difference that there are real people doing real stunts. Yeah. And it's not just all on a sound stage somewhere.
0: I, I agree with you. I read an article and it was a fawning article, so I don't know, but the assertion this article made about the new Mission Impossible was from that perspective, from that perspective of it being an action movie with fresh feeling set pieces, like, oh, I haven't seen that quite that thing before on cinema Mm -hmm. um it was you know certainly topped like you could view that mission impossible franchise with tom cruise as trying to perpetually top itself as it went Mm -hmm. and the last one which was a nuclear scare had all kinds of crazy stuff in it that's the one I think, where he, he did a stunt where he sort of jumped out of a helicopter or something and landed on a building, and he broke his ankle. Yeah. And he said, I could feel it break. I, I mean, I mm. felt my ankle. There was no mistaking that sensation. It was crazy. And he said, but I finished. He finishes the take. He's just because I didn't want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to get through it. And that's the take they used, apparently. But I don't. I agree with you. I don't as a franchise, I think they're great popcorn movies like every summer they're fun. And he delivers and he does what he does, which is high octane intensity. Um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, other than In, anytime
1: than, I watch them, I enjoy them, but I'm not like, Oh, I've, I can't wait to see the next mission impossible. Movie. Right. Right. Um,
0: you, and, and it, the plot, like I say, the last one was a nuclear one, but, you know what was the first one what was the second one weren't they all the end of the world or some bad Cause guy because I keep
1: seeing things where people are ranking them as their favorite and I like I say I don't know them well enough
0: right or the the uh, James Bond movies you can sort of categorize both by who was playing Bond but also who the villain was right? Goldfinger Dr. No right um, but you don't really remember like did Goldfinger have a weather machine I don't remember Right. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: yeah. It just kind of all runs together. Yeah.
0: Um, whereas with Indiana Jones to say what you like about each of the m- movies I can, and there's only five of them, but I can tick off for you, which one is about. Yeah.
1: And, and I get that you know, you can't have an 80 year old, um, Harrison Ford jumping out of an a-, a helicopter or an airplane or whatever, you know, I, I understand that, but I don't know. But, but with this, uh, long kiss good night, um, uh, I lost my train of thought, but um, yeah, I think you have the, you know, the villains are really slimy. The The main kind of villain guy was really, uh, he was really despicable and, you know, smarmy. And so, uh, but yeah, I I just thought, I was just blown away with how great she is in the movie. Well, and like you said, you know, it. she has this kind of dual personalities where you know she's the school teacher mom and she's beautiful that way and then they she cuts her hair and you know within the, the other persona comes comes uh, back and she cuts her hair and dyes it blonde and then she's you know she's beautiful that way too um and i think you know um i know she's done some tv and stuff but uh you know i always think of gina davis probably the movies that i'm most familiar with her uh, that she was in her Beetlejuice and The Fly, mm-hmm. um, and you know those are very you know those aren't action movies at all, and she's not playing an action characters. Um, well, Thelma
0: and I, Lame- Louise, someone Louise, uh, uh, Le- yeah, I forgot about that, mm-hmm. legally their own, the, the yeah. Um, but you're right, yeah. You don't think of Gina Davis as an action hero. But, and
1: I guess because the movie didn't make too much money, you know, and the I saw one quote from Shane Black where he's he was talking about the movie not doing that well. And he said the um, I guess he must have written the script for the studio, but he said they insisted on it being a, a female action star and or, you know, female lead. And that maybe it would have done better with a man in the role. And, you know, that's something that that's a difference from. 30 years ago or whatever that uh you know maybe maybe, yeah i mean i guess still it's there's still people resisting that but
0: but look at james cameron and terminator right yeah i mean
1: and he's famous for
0: saying how do you write a strong female character well you just you know you write the best toughest coolest smartest male character and then you just switch the gender like, yeah, you don't write it any different. You know, writing a female character doesn't have to be a different kind of hero. Women can embody all of the same, you know, traits that we find positive and, and just make it sure. a woman. And I'm like, and people loved it. People love Linda Hamilton and that. I mean, she's amazing.
1: And I think audiences don't care, you know, what the gender is of the of the character. As long as the movie is good, you know, because you've had. Yes. I mean, that's a great example is Terminator and Ripley and however many alien sure. movies and uh, Kill Bill. And uh, uh, it wasn't a giant hit, I don't think. But did you ever see Atomic Blonde with uh, Charlize Theron?
0: I don't know that I ever saw all of that. There were a couple of action. That's movies a really good movie. That I didn't really. Does she just that's a really that good action. Crap film. beat out of her. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I did that's see what, that. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it, was, it felt so real and baneful.
1: She was constantly taking ice baths, you know, and which oh. was a realistic, a, a more yeah. realistic portrayal of what that would be like, you know. But um, I, so
0: the thought that I had about this versus, say, Terminator or even Alien is they had this is mostly just a fun popcorn movie. But there are some subtle... The fact that she's a woman does figure... She doesn't let it slide. There's a number of times when when Gina Davis's character, whether it's the mom persona or the Charlie, the secret agent persona, um, comments on male expectation and the male gaze and mm. male sexuality. Of course, the... There's several opportunities for Charlie, the secret agent persona, to exploit that in various ways, which she does. Uses her sexuality as a weapon. But I thought that was, without it feeling like it was a preachy political thing, I thought it Mm -hmm. was smart of them to address. Like, she would do something kind of badass. Like, as she's beginning to remember who she is, she'd throw the knife, right? And then her whole family is standing there looking at her like, and she's like, you know, chefs do that. She was like, <laughs> Oh look, yeah. I'm a chef. Yeah. Like, chefs do that. <laughs> Acknowledging I mean that's not that's not the biggest example of it, but uh they're they're stunned not just because someone can throw a knife like that, but because mommy throws a knife mm-hmm. like that. And then later I had the thought that wouldn't have occurred to me when I saw this when it first came out, but now that I have kids of my own and I'm older than the Gina Davis character was in this movie. but So she starts off this, as this school teacher housewife who's a mother of a little girl. And she's, I don't know if they're married or if she's just living with this guy who's basically raising the girl with her. And um, that is her secret identity that she got clunked on the head and she has just Assumed it as her real identity, and all the other people in her spy world assume her to be dead too. And then, as events transpire throughout the film, she begins to remember who she really is, which is a crack mm-hmm. se- secret agent with all this deadly training. So, when she finally reverts to Charlie and remembers that this school teacher is just an identity, she, Charlie resents. Was it Samantha? What was the, the other I character? think so, yeah. Charlie resents Samantha and resents the fact that she has a daughter and that she has these obligations. And Samuel L. Jackson continues to remind her of that. And I just thought that was one of the most interesting parts of the movie, that Mm -hmm. although this is about things blowing up and gunplay and wisecracks and neo-noir, there is this human through line of, you know, she's She starts to start to come on to Samuel Jackson at one point, and he rebuffs her. He's like, I don't think this is about me at all. I think this is about you trying to get rid of your alter ego. And I thought, now, in what action movie would a red-blooded heterosexual man turn down intercourse with her? I mean, she is a bombshell. Mm -hmm. But Samuel Jackson's character does, like does do the sort of honest thing, human thing, and say, I don't, this doesn't feel good to me. This doesn't feel right to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I just love them sort of exploring, like, this idea that at past a certain point you have kids and then there's a part of you, well, there's a part of me anyway, that occasionally yearns for that independence again that mm-hmm. I had. Like, oh, it'd be great to just be able to go out to a concert tonight not have to worry about getting a sitter or, you know what I mean? It's like when, before I had kids, I could do anything I want, but now, and I'm not, you know, just for the record, I I don't regret having children. I love it. But there is a part of you that you've taken this path and you kind of go, I remember when you were freewheeling and Mm -hmm. I, that sort of resonated. Charlie is sort of resentful of this, of these ties that her Mm -hmm. alter ego has gotten her into. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of action movies that don't have anything in gesture in that direction, even. Um, but I think it made this movie richer.
1: Particularly, you know, when you look back to the the action stars, like the, you know, the Arnold's and the Stallone's and, you know, and even the kind of the lesser ones um, like Van Damme and, and, and where they were basically just robots, more or less. Yeah. You know, and there was no sign of any kind of, underlying emotion or anything like that so yeah as you said it was really nice that they put you know they put a little without making it as you said preachy and all that they put more depth in there and i think shane black is a i've brought it up i think a couple of times and we should watch it sometime but kiss kiss bang bang which you know his movies are they're they're all this kind of you know the similar style but um and did you ever see the nice guys with uh, uh yeah. russell crowe yes. and uh and you know that was yeah
0: i didn't think that's ryan gosling right i didn't think that yeah, ryan super gosling, yeah. worked
1: but oh okay but i did see it that you might not like kiss kiss bang bang then because well, i've seen similar, it i just but... don't remember it oh you saw kiss kiss bang bang okay i'm sure i have i was thinking you hadn't seen it who's in it
0: is that val kilmer or my computer that's val
1: kilmer and robert downey jr I've definitely seen it, but I don't remember and, it, so maybe we should do it. And Fal Kilmer is a detective, I think, a detective or a spy or something like that. And Robert Downey Jr. is just, is is an actor. He's just a regular guy. And there's a girl missing or something. And, and it's the
0: same kind him. of fast talk and... Yeah, same kind of dialogue. Who you done know? it? Like you know, like noir say, shenanigans. L.A. Like I probably, say all,
1: right? All of his movies are kind of... You know they're kind of similar in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I just thought her character was great, and I mean, I was really I, I had remembered liking this initially, even though I didn't really remember anything about it. So it wasn't like it was one that ah, I didn't like it at the time. But you know, maybe it'll give it give it another chance. But but this time around, I mean, it, it I would say it's one of the better action movies of the '90s.
0: Yeah, I was I was always surprised that people are like, oh, I've never even heard of it or whatever. I remember seeing it and think that was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more memorable to me. Like I couldn't really tell you what happens in Die Hard two or Die Hard three or Die Hard four. I mean, I could yeah I could give you a probably a blow by blow of Die Hard, but. Um, yeah. All of those sequels, and this this one really stuck with me. I there was a great monologue that uh, oh, I just said his name,
1: um, Brian Cox.
0: Brian Cox gets to do before he meets up with them that I, that monologue. I, I was like, oh, I forgot this monologue when he's talking about the yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, so
1: good. Um, there's I just lots lots of just... little joys in this. I I think I'm just going by memory, but I think this went. I think this was kind of one of these rare things where they actually released it at Christmas time. You know, a lot of these movies, especially action movies, will take place at Christmas time and they release it in the summer for whatever yeah, reason, which I, yeah. I've never really understood. But this actually came out at Christmas time, and it I think it was the same weekend as uh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which uh, you know is kind of lesser schwarzenegger but i think it was a big hit at the time you know so i think that
0: megastar sure yeah Yeah.
1: i I think that really hurt it too uh probably
0: yeah man it's such a different landscape now isn't it because yeah everyone still looks at this opening weekend number but the number of i used to go to the movie theater all the time Yeah, and I haven't. Obviously, COVID is a big part of that. But in the past three years, I can count on one hand the numbers of times, uh, number of times I've actually gone out to see a movie at the movie theater. Yeah, and uh, so it seems so strange to me that they're still like, "Oh, the opening weekend." I'm like, "Well, but nobody really knows where it's all going to land, right?" I mean, sometimes things can stream. Sometimes you can buy it. My kids wanted to see the Mario Brothers movie. And so, as soon as that was available on streaming, I had to buy it. I, you know, and I did the math in my head. I'm like, well, if I bought four tickets to the theater, and it would pay for this, so fine. But uh, they didn't want to go to the theater to see it. They wanted Mm -hmm. to wait for it to come out on streaming, but they wanted it as soon as it came out on streaming. So
1: well yeah you know we talked about indiana jones which i still want to see in the theater and i'll probably go this sometime this week
0: that's a, and i, I would, also yeah
1: i would see that I in also, theater too. i also want to see uh the new wes anderson movie in theaters because most of those the recent ones i've seen but it hits streaming the 11th of this month wow really so it's just like yeah and it's only been out for a couple of weeks You know, and it's for a small movie, it's doing pretty well. And people are like, why are they releasing it on streaming this soon? Milk it. Milk it a little. Let it, yeah, let it, let it uh, continue to make money for a little while, you know, but, but I don't know. Yeah, you have to, a lot of people are kind of, you know, I see a lot of people online kind of cheering this idea on. But you, you have to wonder at one point, at some point, does this theater model that we have right now collapse and you go back you know because okay you could make for the cost of indiana jones you could make 10 30 million dollar movies you know right. or, or make five you know lower budget movies or whatever but they seem to be you know five, sixty million dollar movies but they seem to only be interested in you know either it's five million dollars or it's 200 million dollars you know yeah. there's nothing really in between and and uh, you know it's all cyclical but you just wonder how especially the number of big flops that we've had that you know because because indiana jones appears to be a flop and that they're saying um the flash is you know one of the biggest flops of all time because wow. it's gonna lose like 200 million dollars you know and that seemed like kind of a sure thing you know I was
0: actually interested in seeing that movie I, was I mean too, if it yeah. comes out on on Disney or HBO I guess um I'll, I'll check definitely it watch out. it I mean
1: yeah for sure just to see Batman return yeah but they were going to uh, you know the plan was to to then that would spin off another movie with with Keaton which you know I think that's scrapped now yeah. you know um so
0: what are they doing yeah. it's just some just such a random car crash like crash up derby
1: well i think they you know you look at movie history and at one point there were you know it was before our time but how many westerns were there you know there would have been a time where probably you'd go to the movie theater and there'd be four or five westerns playing or whatever yeah. and marvel did so well there for a while and there started to be kind of some chinks in the armor there, and you know everybody has tried to follow that model. And
0: right, but there's just like there's only so many cupcakes you can eat. You know, that's mm-hmm. like Marvel put out. They started this incredible cupcake factory, and they're selling like hotcakes. So everybody built cupcake factories, and you're like, there's mm-hmm. just not that much demand for cupcakes, guys. I mean, everybody loves cupcakes. You get sick of it. I am yeah. sick of superhero. <laughs> I'm sick of them. Yeah. Yeah, And I love superheroes. I love comic books. I need a break. I need something else. I'm like, it's got to be part of a regularly balanced diet. And that's diet. the thing
1: that I think, especially now when we're just in this hyper, you know, movies are just widgets to the studios sure. now, I think. And, you know, people get bored of everything eventually. You know, the uh, in the 50s, you had you know giant monster movies you know that were popular and you had in the early 80s when you had all the slasher movies and you know that lasted a couple of years and then went away you know right so it's it's gonna fall apart at some point yeah um but uh yeah i don't know but i would like to see more I, i would love to see somebody making uh 60 million dollar action movies you know would be pretty cool
0: i I think it can be done i know it can be done i mean all of the same i mean in it with indiana jones they were on location they were out in Mm -hmm. the desert they were all over the place you know i mean you don't even need to do that i think you could make um 60 million dollars i mean that's so much money you just need a good story. You need a really yeah. good story and then that kind of money if you need to crash a plane or something, there you fine. You can afford to do that on that much money. That's crazy money for car chases and gunfights and right? I mean, you can make a you can make a good action movie with a good story relatively inexpensively. You don't even need that much if any. I think CGI is here to stay cuz it's such an incredible touch up. Sure, tool. yeah. You know, yes. whether you're are colorizing are a lot of good it digitally. It, you know? Yeah, you're gonna shoot in digital, you're gonna colorize it and you're gonna spackle it. You know, you oh we cut a car in the background, you're gonna take that out digitally, you know? Um but the idea of creating a sequence out of whole cloth
1: doesn't need to happen, you know. Um Yeah. And you know, we've talked about this a lot, but the writing aspect is the thing that always perplexes me. You know, they said that you know some of the. Uh, this is becoming an in Indiana Jones podcast, but um, some <laughs> of the some of the speculation as to why Indiana Jones didn't hasn't done so well is it was fifteen years since the last one.
0: Yeah.
1: So a lot of your, you know, you've got the old guys like us that are going to go and see it, but to get younger people in the audience some of them don't really know this character you know because they weren't around when even his last movie which wasn't regarded as being very good you know they definitely weren't alive when the 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 you know original films were made but you know they've said part of the problem was coming up with a script that they could all agree on and i just you know, I don't work in Hollywood obviously, so I don't know how this process is, but it but it amazes me with all the great writers out there how the the script aspect can be so difficult. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to say it's easy to do, but it's you know, so many of these big budget films, the script is so weak. Yeah. And I just I just don't understand it, you know? Well, I think
0: um, um I again I am not inside the industry either. I do think that there's formulas and algorithms that they're trying to honor because their goal is to get as many tickets sold as possible. So
1: yeah,
0: I mean, I from just to bring it back to the long kiss, good night. I read a blurb where Samuel Jackson's character is supposed was originally died, right? And then mm. they have this kind of action oh, movie thing that where was he one comes thing back that I... because somebody in one of the test trainings was like, "You can't kill Sam Jackson," and that's literally the line he has yeah right doesn't he say he's like that's right mother FR, you can't kill me And so, he comes drive
1: busted out of the thing and it's completely implausible
0: but as it's much action as, movie fun
1: you're like yay and <laughs> even after that that was so the, i'm glad you brought up, that up because i'd forgotten about it as you know we're used to this in action movies and movies in general you know the people going through all this insane stuff and yeah so he drives out of the truck and saves the day but he's all he's been shot however many times you know and all this terrible stuff happens to him. So you think he's dead. And then they do sort of a prologue at the end. And, you know, she goes back to her regular life and then he's on Larry King live. And he's I'm just like, he's alive yeah. after all the, he's fine. I mean, he's fine. Yeah. He's never, fine. never
0: been better. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was really, I just laughed at that. I was like, wow. You know? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I don't know. I I don't have too much else to say about this movie. Yeah, there's nothing. It's kind of hard to get in depth on this. I think it was a lot of fun. I'm sure there's there's. I'm sure that people can find things to offend them in there if they want because it was 1996 and it had. It's one of those movies that has a kind of devil may care attitude, and you know that doesn't always age well. um, As we go, I didn't. Nothing leapt out at me. as being particularly egregious, I don't think it's going to trigger anybody, but, um, yeah, if for the litmus test of like, would you want to watch this with a date and a big bowl of popcorn or a buddy on the couch? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and thought it was excellent you know it doesn't ask too much of you and it kind of keeps going it has that action movie thing where it's like oh it's not over yet there's another 40 minutes wow and then those are exciting 40 minutes you know what I mean like it keeps you think this is the climax but no and then there's another and it's like oh this has got to be the climax and you're like oh no there's they go on to another location and so it does that thing where it's escalating and I just
1: it really pulls it off yeah yeah I enjoyed it immensely
0: so Um, thumbs up
1: yeah absolutely thumbs up did you since we recorded last have you watched anything else i finished the
0: entire series all four seasons of barry
1: okay which i I really
0: liked it's really weird it gets really really dark it's always dark Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: but it's like it's really funny in the beginning and by the end i think it's so dark it's not funny anymore it's Mm. absurd Mm -hmm. there's still an absurdity to it, but it's gotten so dark by the end that I can't laugh at it anymore. You can't even count it as
1: like a black comedy at that Um,
0: point. No, it's just this kind of almost twin peaks, crazy. Um, I mean, it's just bonkers, but I, it's really good. I, I recommend Barry. I'm not alone in that. Sure. Yeah. If you you like Bill Hader for sure, some great performances in it. Yeah. Um, what else? I started watching The Bear season two, which I love, mm-hmm. but Rachel and I are going slowly with that one because it's it's stressful. want to savor it. Oh, yeah, we do want to savor it, but it's like everybody in it is so stressed. <laughs> like he's opening a new restaurant, and it's like this mm-hmm. high octane, high stress thing, and it triggers. We're like we're stressed out people in general anyway. So we, mm-hmm. <laughs> why are we watching this? This is great.
1: <laughs> I watched. I've watched four out of the six uh, episodes of the new season of Black Mirror. Oh, I haven't watched any of that yet. Which I think is really good. Oh, um, okay, I know people didn't like the the last season that was two or three years ago that much, and I I actually never watched it. Uh, sort of because mm-hmm. people said it was so bad.
0: Wasn't there only um, like
1: three episodes in that? Yeah, thing? something like that. There was one with Miley Cyrus, and I don't know what the other ones were. But, uh, yeah, but this one is six. And um, the the four that I've watched, I thought were really good. I mean, I didn't think any of them were, were weak. They've gotten more... So they did one called... Um, there's one called Demon 79, and it's... Um, so I was, I was listening to another show, and they said that, uh, they had considered doing a spinoff show called Red Mirror that wouldn't be sci-fi but would just be straight horror stuff. Uh-huh. And so this one at the opening says it's like Black Mirror presents a Red Mirror production. So this one there's nothing sci-fi about it, but it's a this this woman finds kind of this talisman, and it summons a demon. And, uh, the demon tells her that she has to kill three people in like 24 hours or 48 hours or something like that, or the world's going to end. But this one is funny, which they didn't, they don't do a lot with, with black. I mean, it's a comedy. It's still, you know, there's certainly dark elements cause she's killing people. But, uh, but that one was really good. And you know, all the other ones are good as well. I watched, um, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I watched, uh, men the movie that uh, it's directed by the guy who did Ex Machina and Annihilation. Oh yeah, and they uh, all
0: men, are kind of these vaguely threatening figures. Yeah, or, or this woman, her
1: her husband has died, and and you you see flashbacks throughout the film um, as to what you know happened with, and you learn more and more as the film goes on. And to you know, kind of get her mind off of things, she rents a little. Not a little, but she rents this house in the English countryside. And I don't know what the actor's name is, but she, like, the the guy that owns the place, you know, comes and is showing her around and everything. And, you know, you see him. And then uh, there's later, she sees another man. And then there's another part where she goes to the pub. And there's three or four men in there. And it's all the same actor playing all the men. Oh, wow. in the movie. You know, they just give him like a different hairdo or a beard or something like that and you know, a different different accent, so it's really interesting how it's uh portrayed. Now, it gets um I I liked it a lot. Uh you know, it's the same kind of tone of as of his other films where it's, you know, it's artsy. Um and it gets very very strange at the end. Mm. Um but it's a it's it's a good movie. I mean, it's it's a lot of it is unsettling, you know, cause it's these the men, like you said, are all kind right. of threatening. Um, but I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was really good. But
0: you know, there is a, there is a branch of horror that, you know, some of horror is a big tense. Um, yeah. You know, everything from the very bloody and the very graphic to the psychological and right it's there's all kinds of different and there's there's a big silo of it that is kind of hard to otherwise categorize like like why Mm -hmm. i guess you have to call it horror because of these kind of key elements but that doesn't really feel like the point of the film right and it's there aren't jump scares and things like that per se it's just unsettling like maybe uh, yes the unsettling is reality the perfect... is coming unravel i'm like i it makes me uncomfortable and on edge you know and so you're like well that's not horror exactly but what else would you call it <laughs> you know you're, it's not a comedy there's a, it's not a drama
1: he does a really he does a really great job and i don't want to spoil it if, if you know if you don't spoil you it to no i'd it, like but, to see it yeah but there's a part where she just you know it's just out in the countryside and she goes on a walk on this path and uh that that leads to a tunnel and you know it's just out in the in the countryside and she sees a man like off in the distance out there and then she gets scared and you know starts to turn around and, and go back to the place but he does a really tremendous you know even as a as a obviously you know it's much different for men than it is for women but you know even as a man you're out in a remote area somewhere all by yourself yeah and that could definitely be unsettling, you know, and he, he just does a really, you know, as good a job as I've ever seen in any movie without the jump scare and all that. But just she's alone out in the woods, you know, on this walking path and just sees this man standing there, you know, who doesn't speak or anything or, you know, and it's it's just really, really effective. Right. That, um, just but good that and then I feel like a threat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I watched another one. um, Called House of Darkness. That it had to be pretty low budget. I mean, I don't know exactly what it what it was, but um, it's Justin Long and and Kate Bosworth, which I didn't realize they're they're married. Hmm. Um, and it's just this guy. So Justin Long picks up this woman at uh, a bar. Actually, he gives he offers her a ride home, and she lives in this big mansion and you know she invites him in for a drink and so on and the movie is 99 percent dialogue it it could have been a play because they much of it is in the living room of this uh uh you know of this big mansion and it, it goes to some different rooms in it but it's just them talking and then there are some other characters that you see later on and then it it becomes a horror movie in the last three or four minutes probably wow Um, and i won't spoil that either but it's but it's really interesting because you know again going back to the big blockbuster movies this was 80 90 minutes or whatever of basically people just talking and that's you know it's that's unusual to but very effectively done slow
0: fuse indeed (laughs) a very slow and they're both
1: competitive. Yeah, they're both compelling actors. You know, he's kind of playing the character that he's sort of, you know, this sort of smarmy kind of, you know, sarcastic guy. Um, but it, 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 another really good, just small film. Cool. And then, mm. uh, did you ever watch more uh, Venture Brothers? I know you, you started on Venture Brothers.
0: I feel like I got all the way through it. I was gobbling him up there for a while. I don't know why I wouldn't have just finished it
1: because they made a movie uh, that hits later this month. I don't know what it's going to be, if it'll be on Hulu or, but uh, I think it's the 21st it comes out. And then I also didn't realize they're doing, an, or they've done, comes out at the end of the month, a new season of Futurama, which will be on Hulu. No too, kidding. So. Yeah. Wow. And Hulu, despite how, you know, I haven't watched The Simpsons in years and years and years, because it just seemed to get worse and worse. But Futurama, I always thought, was pretty strong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it, it was able to have a lot more fun with um, social um, commentary. Yeah. You know, The Simpsons yeah, definitely. was both mostly became about this idiot Homer Simpson and his family. Yeah. Um, and they had some smart political um, writers and things would sort of creep in as jokes from this left or right field, but... Futurama always felt like the point was this future society and the dope at the center of it was just every man,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I'll definitely check out. You cool. Know. Yeah. So for next time we had talked about another Rennie Harlan and Gina Davis movie, which we've talked about before in the podcast, Cutthroat Island. Do you so. want to? Cause I'm sure it's terrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, if well, you watch the trailer, it looks expensive, confusing, and boring. That's what, okay. and that's the, the trailer. So I'm like, I well, mean, if you can't make an interesting-looking trailer, do we want to force ourselves to sit through it? I'm sure I mean, it's
1: terrible. I didn't watch it in 1996 or 1995 <laughs> or whatever because I thought it looked bad back then, yeah. and then it, you know, turned out why to be a giant flop. Why don't we do Kiss Kiss but,
0: Bang Bang? I mean, that's another. Okay. You know, yeah. That's ancillary to this, so back to back makes some sense. And I remember enjoying yeah, sure. that. I remember enjoying the dialogue okay. and those two actors I like and they had good chemistry. Yeah.
1: Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm I'm I mean, I'm not pirate movies or not something i am like super I didn't get into the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, and and all that. So yeah, I I don't mind the it,
0: genre. It's just it's gotta be a good movie. Great. Right. You know what I mean? Pirates. I mean, sure. Historical. It's what sixteen something, seventeen hundred, early seventeen hundreds. I don't even know the historical time that would be, but no, later than sixteen hundreds for sure. Anyway, yeah, kiss, kiss bang, bang
1: Sounds good. Chris
0: and Chris Talk Movies at Gmail dot com. That's our handle. We're on the socials. Like and subscribe. Yay! Thank you so much for listening or watching or whatever you're doing here with us. We appreciate you we do we're gonna do kiss kiss bang bang for next time why don't you watch that one with us and um unless you have anything else to add
1: i don't think so i would assume kiss kiss bang bang is pretty easy to fine. find well, that's we should check I, that before we say it's definitely do it. streaming we never I'm
0: ever sure. check it um i just type in watch name of movie online and you know Google gives me like all the different places you can watch it I don't see it anywhere free at the moment but we could rent it for the standard whatever sure I'm willing to rent it yeah all right
1: that's what we'll do Then me
0: faithful listeners Chris and I will talk to you all next week